I think he's been a, a brilliant player for Monster for Ireland, and, and he's a great coach at the moment, you know? Yeah, mutual respect between the two of you. Yeah, well, you have to ask him that. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got huge respect for him. Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome back to House of Rugby. I'm Megan Williams and I'm joined by Jason Hennessy from Rugby Joe. Great to be back, Megan. Uh, I hope you're not sick of me yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, and also Irish seven star Greg O'Shea. Great to be here again, guys. And on my left, we have Leinster and Argentinian legend Felipe Cantapomi. Great to have you on. Thank you very much. Great welcome. to be here. Yeah, welcome to the show, Philippe. It's good to see everyone. Um, obviously, we're going to be touching on some social media questions later on. But um, just want to say a quick thanks to our sponsors, Bank of Ireland. But uh, guys, most important question: Where did you watch the match? I was lucky enough to be there. It was amazing. I was in behind the post and actually in the first half, it was kind of a bittersweet because obviously Ireland were playing well. So it's like, this is incredible. But they were playing well down the far end of the pitch. Like, so I couldn't really see. But what a result. 29-20. Yeah. Did you go to it, Philippe? No, I watched it at home. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a few games to watch. So yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, it was great. Great game. And yeah. Unbelievable. Incredible. What about you? Did yeah, you watch? I was at home, yeah, with the little one. He was watching with me and it was absolutely brilliant. Just, it was such a great game to watch. Yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent, excellent. And yeah. um, before we get in and start talking about the game, um, we've got a, a clip here. I think it's, uh, we had it lined up all week, but I think it's going to work even better now based on the results. So I was actually lucky enough to chat to RDC Villa during the week and um, some interesting comments from him. Looking back, uh, the last time you were in Dublin, uh, it was a famous win for us, and I know you got revenge in the Rugby World Cup. But is that a game? I mean, can you can, you were playing that game? Can you remember much in that game in twenty eighteen? What's what's it like to play in a full house in Dublin? What's it like to play Ireland at home? Yeah, did we lose in Dublin? No, we won. We won. We lost in Ireland. Oh. I lost. Lost in Chicago. We lost in Chicago. No, it was in, in twenty eighteen. In twenty eighteen, when you yeah, lost the last yeah. game in Dublin, you lost in Chicago. You won in Dublin. Then you lost in Dublin. The last game we played, you we beat you in Dublin before that before the World Cup. Oh, might have been. I can't remember. I don't even know if I was playing in that game. I'm not that <laughs> brother. Um, but, you know, it's always like, I guess, you know, the teams, they turn up when they play the, the, the ABs. And, yeah. Um, yeah. It's And against Ireland, you know, they're going to turn up again. So, you know, in front of their home crowd and in front of the fans, um, it's going to be massive. But, um, no, it's, exci it's exciting, mate. You know, like, yeah. they, they'll be, they'll be uh, frothing it at playing us, you know, especially after the World Cup, yeah. they'll be hammering to to get into us and get stuck into us. So um, I think it's going to be be a war. It's going to be awesome. So there's a lot to pick from that. First of all, yes, Ardy, we did beat you in 2018. Yes, you were playing. You played most of the game. And yes, Ireland were frothing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're going to forget yesterday, though, after the, the manner in which Ireland won. What do you think, Philippe? Yeah, exactly. I think I think more than the result, it was the the way Ireland played. You know, it was uh, really it was relentless, relentless, and and even the result, I didn't. I think it didn't show the the, the difference in performance between the Irish team and and the All Blacks. You know, they were. Um, I think the Irish team uh, played really, really well, and they should have won. They they had their chances um, in the first half that maybe they didn't take it. How they went on losing on that at, at halftime, I can't understand. But uh, but it was great to see that then they came back and, and it was 15-0 at a certain point in the second half. So mm. um, really, really good performance. Very solid. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, James Lowe, I think, is the big talking point. I mean, obviously, you work closely with James, and we've been speaking about it for the last few weeks, about his defensive frailties. And like that was even Andy Farrell said it himself. You know, he was told he had a lot to work on. He showed us yesterday he's been working on it, and he's been working on it hard. I mean, he made a massive choice saving tackle in the first half. He made that huge tackle around the 70-minute mark that led to that Peter O'Mahony turnover. Can you give us just a bit of insight, Felipe, into what he's been working on, what he's been doing in training? Yeah, I, th- I think he knows. Sometimes, um, you know, when, when you go through uh, going up in certain levels, um, you, you can get away with certain things, you know, but def- definitely it was his first uh, appearance in international rugby. It was a good show on on what it takes to be an international player and and definitely it's not uh, about big moments i'd say it's more about not making bad moments or not having uh, bad moments because you're always going to be judged by your errors rather than the big moments will Mm -hmm. come for him you know so i think he understood that he's been working on that um with us in leinster but also obviously in the irish camp um it's interesting in terms of his defensive mindset or or uh, he's been used to a very from grown up from a very different system in New Zealand yeah so it's not only about changing it's changing his position his his way of defending his his common knowledge of how he's because it's a different system yeah. here doesn't happen overnight it takes time it takes time definitely it takes the more you work, the less time it takes, <laughs> or the harder you work. But sometimes it takes longer. Yeah, but but it's it's just things you have to learn, and and probably it's easier when you when you learn it at 18, 19 year old. Uh, he had to learn it a bit older, you know. So and change all what brought him to to be a a good player in in Ireland. Yeah. Suddenly it doesn't count here, you know. Just <laughs> defending deep and and waiting for here we want them to defend high and and up there and just go and take them so it's it's yeah it's the learning curve for him yeah well so. what i noticed it from james owen like last year when he first came up he like, would shoot and he'd get out of line and he'd drop out of the system have you been working with him closely to stick in the defensive system or has he been personally doing that himself because he, he was incredible yesterday yeah it, it's it's we we for us in our defensive system the the wingers or the last player on, on, on that front line is the most important player. So yeah. we, we, it's, it's key player for us, you know? So, uh, yeah, definitely sometimes when, when the, the way New Zealand traditionally defend is like more the, the wing halfway backwards and, and they are narrow and they wait for the 13 to come and then they, they get together. And now when you put someone there in the front line and he's not used to that, and uh, the, the the natural instinct is to shoot out because they say, yeah. "Oh yeah, I need to go hard." And but sometimes it's not to shoot out; like it's more like to make sure that you go up, but always defending from from inside out. You know, you just come in to make the tackle, not to just to get into space. So yeah, yeah it's it's part of his understanding, his mm-hmm. knowledge. Yeah. Um, but it happens even in the some of the New Zealand defenders, like they've changed their system now. And if you see Seville Reese and all those guys, they jump in yeah. many mm-hmm. times because they're not comfortable on that. Like they've been all their life, they've been defending a certain way that now it's different, you know, with a 13, two, mm-hmm. uh, 13 in the front line, two at the back, and, and su- suddenly that guy has to go. Yeah. They, don't, they don't do that pendulum, has to go in. And, and 
they go in rather than waiting or getting into space and then uh, that yeah. mind speed that the island had against New Zealand it just showed when they did put them under so much pressure they forced them to make so many mistakes look they had a good two or three knock-ons yeah. to force the turnover back to Ireland but um Philippe can you actually talk us through James Lowe first try what do you think Ireland did well to draw them in to make that last man count you know at the end there well, I think that they play to space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mo- most of the times when, and, and it happens a lot, and we are talking even now with, the, with that new rule of, of the goal and dropout, um, it's even more evident that you need to play to space, even if you're five meters from, the, from, from your try line. You know, it's, and, and the, the good thing is Ireland has such a good ball carriers that you can narrow teams up and, and then when the space is there, you just need a, a guy oh. like Johnny to, to see that space or someone yeah. to see that space and just throw it there, you know. You need to take it. And, and for that, you need a lot of skills as well because it's a, it's a very... The line speed will be really rushing from, from the, in this case, the All Blacks. But also you need like a good handling ball, like passes in front, catching early mm-hmm. so you can make the wise decision like I think it was Bundiaki who threw that miss pass to Yeah, then it was onto Hugh Keen and Hugh Keen and Trollope yeah, left yeah, pass so, onto so I think that was what was very noticeable about that as well as what I noticed is the fact that Ireland had a penalty advantage. And in that situation, time and time again, Sexton just would have went to the they'd sky yeah. and they'd yeah. kick it and go, Ah, yeah. sure, look, it's kicked to nothing. But yeah. they kind of instead yeah. they I'm, identified the space. I'm glad he didn't do that. If you have an yeah. advantage, you can yeah. play for so many faces exactly, that yeah. why would you want to finish it straight away? You know, just yeah. keep playing faces yeah. and yeah. whatever, whatever the space it's is. Mentality, it's mentality, it's an attitude, yeah. like, and it's yeah. good to see. Like I said, like yeah, we bought, at Leinster, he's always done that. He played a space. But in Ireland, for some reason, it's always been this, oh, let's kick it into the sky and just play, as you said, play the space. You have the advantage there. But yeah. what we saw yesterday, what they did really well was those screen runners coming through and, you know, everyone being an option, hands up, eyes open, everyone making really intent runs so that yep. when the ball did go behind those screen runners, that it went out to the space yeah. and so. just kind of sucked uh, New Zealand in really, really well yeah. and sat the defenders down. And I think that's what they did great yeah. after every... Um, before contact as well and moving the ball before contact that's something mm. Ireland don't normally do like yeah. but it's it's a sign of it's it's a kudos uh, the likes of yourself and, and Lancaster and Cullen uh, back at Ireland because a lot of those Leinster guys they're bringing what they're doing for ye on a regular basis at provincial and, and European level it's now coming into international football we did not see that before obviously yeah. you know we, obviously a lot goes to Farrell and my cat and them as well like, but it's it's a it's, it's team effort, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's no one right way of playing rugby, you know. You have to play to your strengths. And I think that's, that's something that we try to do in Leinster, play to our strength in terms of playing a, a, a dynamic uh, type of rugby, like a, a, we call it the play of movement, you know. Um, and Ireland, like, I think they did that definitely, but but always with the, with the game line, mentality that you need to go forward first and Mm. one thing that uh, these players are doing really well apart from being very good ball carriers they are very good footballers they work uh, footwork just before they they just don't go to clash on contact to body over uh, on top of the other body they just move the the point of of defense late with footwork so that gives you a bit more of of dynamic quicker ball and then you can move you know so yeah they've been they've been awesome yesterday mm-hmm. i think um 
I, I, I can't remember a, 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 like a team being so on top the All Blacks. Um, yeah. Even when when um, England beat them in in the World Cup, yes, there was a, a comprehensive win, but it wasn't like in the overall 80 minutes. It, this was like. Yeah. Look, one team playing. The only scored the two tries were two like individual lucky tries. One was a yeah. bit of a mistake between Furlong Keller to let to let Papalini through to pop it off, and then the other one it was just a moment of absolute brilliance from Will Jordan. So yeah. other than that, like it was just ninety nine percent Ireland. But that's what I, thought. I was at the game, and I was like, Ireland are playing so well, but like there's going to be a purple patch, and Zealand have to come back at some stage. But they never really did. There was our one or two tries, but then Ireland just kept coming. Everyone was gone mm. from. Props all the way down to Keenan at the back. Everyone was just up to 90. And I just thought it, it was incredible that... Remember a couple of weeks ago we said they played against Japan and they were pulling out the back. There was two options all the time. We were hoping, would they do it against New Zealand? They did it, but they didn't even better. Like, yeah. it, was, it was incredible. It was, like, it was just up that little yeah. that like 10, 15% more, wasn't yeah. it? And even the skills out of the props, like in phase play, you'd see Furlong pulling it out the back to Johnny coming around. Like that stuff is it's amazing. It's great to see Ireland doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. But one, one question I wanted to ask you, Philippe, was... Ireland were noticeably fitter than New Zealand yesterday, in my, my opinion. Definitely. And they don't have time when they get into Irish camp to do fitness training. They're not going to be doing conditioning. So do like, does Andy Farrell meet with the likes of yourself and get you to work with the players for the Irish team? Or is it all separated? Well, well, well one, thing, one thing that I think um, Irish rugby is in really good health is that they are very interconnected in terms of fitness fitness coaches in the Irish camp with fitness coaches in, in every single province, you know. So everyone knows what they are doing. So the, the, the Irish fitness coach will know exactly what, what are the fitness levels that we work on every week. The same in, in Munster, the same in Connacht, the same in Ulster. So okay. they actually know what they need to, how they, what type of player they're receiving in terms of, of fitness, wise, fitness wise, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's very important. But it also, you need to take into account as well that um, the part of the season, you know, we are in the first third of the season, entering the second third. New Zealand are at the end of their season and a very weird, strange season in terms of how they travel and play that uh, championship and so on. So they've been on the road quite a bit. So sometimes that could play a part yep. as well, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Course. I mean, if you, if you look at that game, I mean, I was saying it myself, kind of thinking the way Ireland came out in that first half, they played at such high intensity. Yeah. There's no way they come out like that in the mm. second half. Like I remember seeing uh, Cody Taylor dropping down onto his knees after 38 minutes, even though he had 10 minutes rest in the sin bin because he was so tired. They were they were out on their knees, the All Blacks, and you're like, Ireland can't keep this up in the second half. And then like going on to the, the second try, they came straight out in the, in the second half, like attacked, 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 and within three minutes you had Keller scoring that try. I mean, it's another excellent try from Ireland. Yeah, but if but if you go through player through player, they are so fit, so agile, like very athletic. Um, the Irish players, you know, yeah. there's yeah. nothing to envy to to other teams, and that's why you'll ask yourself, what's the best um, strategically? What's the best style of rugby you you have to yeah. play? And definitely, it's kind of moving those big teams mm. around rather than trying to go and clash or kick or, yeah. and 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 play the percentage. You know, I think you can. They prove they can. They can move the ball into the nails yeah. like even the best defenders. Yeah. Like New Zealand. You know. What do you think of that front row? Sorry, look, sorry Megan. Just, uh, that front row, like, I mean, Ronan Kelleher, Tyg Furlong and, and Porter, obviously, your front row Leinster as well. Is there a more dynamic front row in the world at the moment? 
Um, well, I don't know if more dynamic. Definitely, there's a very, very uh, good balance front row in terms of power, strength, uh, technique, uh, set piece, and 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 skills. You know, they can all. They are all good footballers. They are all dynamic, as you said, <laughs> athletic, but they can all pass the ball, carry, footwork. So, yeah, that, that they are very and and you have. Uh, good front rows also uh, on the reserve like Ireland are very they are very healthy on the, on that position you say in the yeah. front row you yeah. know yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely so Philippe what do you think of um, Luke Pierce refereeing and the two big calls that he had with you know the yellow card against Johnny Sexton and Tiger Furlong's uh, ruling out of his of his try. The yellow card for Cody Taylor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the tackle on Sexton, yeah. Oh, the tackle yeah. Sexton, sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like to comment in, 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 on Luke Pierce. You know, I think that's, that's more so nowadays. It's more a, a, a team of four. Yeah. So they all have their word and they... And, and I think it's what, what you look for as a coach is more the uh, consistency, you know. So that's more important than, than none. Now... Um, and luckily in rugby, there's a lot of subject. It's it's left to what someone in the moment think, you yeah. know. So it's very hard to be objective. Soccer, mm -hmm. for example, that I love soccer, is much more it's black, and, black white. and white. Yeah, yeah. You don't have like they're very small, like uh, margins. Yeah, margins. Like here in rugby, you have a lot of yes, uh, but I. I think it's not a real no force or yes force and no intention, yes intention. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's what it is, you know, and you get on with it. Like uh, what you, yes, ask is to have the same. If you have Luke Pierce again, mm -hmm. you would like that same, um, um, how do you say, um, co consistency, the same decision. Yeah. In terms of the, of the try disallowed, um, that's that's because of uh, of Ronan just uh, the double movement. Double yeah, movement. Double yeah. movement. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is a double movement. Yeah. Now you say, would that take any? Uh, that's when it comes. The same when when guys goes off the feet. Sometimes they go off the feet and no one is mm. near the ball and they, they are penalized. You know, you say, does but, that influence in the game? It has any influence at all in the game? If it does, yes, it should be penalized. But if not, just let the game play. Let yeah. the game play, you know. Yeah. You don't want to be stopping every single time. They're looking a lot into the TMI. I know we've touched on that in the past before. So, But I suppose one of the uh, TMIs when it came in our favour when Cody was then um, with the forward pass. Yeah. Like that was... Uh, Priyawani, yeah. I think, I think uh, actually um, <laughs> Foster after the game said he saw it differently, but I don't know what game no. he was watching. If you see the angles, it was a forward pass, wasn't it? For the for Iwani, yeah, Iwani, yeah, Iwani, yeah, the Troy at the end, yeah. that was a forward pass. It looked forward, yeah. it looked like hands are going forward, but as Felipe says, it's all kind of opinion, isn't it, really? And it was yeah. the referee's opinion at that time. Like, yeah. So, yeah. at least they got one disallowed, we got one it disallowed. It was lucky for so us, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, think, I think, if you look at it, like, I mean, like, I did think, as you said, sometimes you did the gameplay, I did think he penalised pretty much everything he saw, but yeah. I think he did it for both sides, and I think he did actually get both decisions right for both disallowed tries. Exactly. Like, if, to the letter of the law, both of them weren't choice. Yeah. So we can't complain too much. And we won, so we can't really one, complain. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that I got kind of annoyed at during the game was one or two late hits on Johnny Sexton. I don't know what you thought about that. There was definitely one from their six. Yeah, I could, yeah, you could, you could hear Johnny. Johnny. Johnny lost the plot a few times. Like He got pretty annoyed like, and he was cursing yeah. and everything. Yeah. But yeah. There were some I, bad hits on him. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and definitely I, I'm big into trying to protect uh, the skillful. There, there's sometimes there are coaches going and saying, let's go and hit the number 10 or mm -hmm. hit. Uh, and those cheap shots should be penalized, at yeah. least should be warned. And for me, it, it, because you, you, you go on the risk of, of people starting to fake uh, hits, you yeah. know? So you will come with people trying to fake uh, like that you were really hit. Uh, mm. And that's when mm. you, you'll, you'll start turning into soccer and that's what that. you don't no. want. No. You need to penalize both. When people fake, when people are hit completely off the ball, like, and you can see when someone is going and not getting getting him with the ball and mm. then goes in. Yeah, it's something that uh, it's, it's for them to, for the refs to keep talking and, and making yeah. it, making sure it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. You know? It's quite dangerous as well because yeah. Johnny's obviously passed the ball and then he's relaxed because he thinks the ball's yeah. moved on and then he gets hit. So it's only a player welfare thing as well. Yeah, That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. With the Cody Taylor yellow card you mentioned, he came off the, after his 10 minutes, he came back on and he did pretty well. He got that try, yeah. but he went in the little vacuum space between Kelleher and Furlong. Can you talk me through that try? How do you think there was a gap there? Um, I think I think there was a mis miscommunication understanding on who on the tail gunner. Like you know, when they come around, you you have to check. I know the tail gunner. Uh, our guy goes always out straight out and and try to get the first pass. But if they don't give the pass, if you ask me, I I'll, I don't know. They might have different system in. But if you ask me, I, I'd say that Ronan should have Shut checked up. first mm -hmm. because uh, you could see that the. The, the the seven gets the ball like yeah. and then yeah. he goes into the space tag tag is tight pointing. Of, you can see him pointing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. so he goes into that space and and ron was going out tag got stuck because so cory taylor coming in uh, on the inside and then they took it properly yeah. you know that yeah. but that's that's their decision making. That's mm. second to none with these guys, the All Blacks. You know, that's it. They took the opportunity yeah. and just yeah. yeah they I think just what, what I noticed, like I mean, when that try went in, like after dominating so much, yeah. I was like, okay, this is it. This is what's going to happen again. But we actually have a clip here of Johnny Sexton of how they focused and what they said at halftime. You know, I thought we played some some great stuff in the first half. I don't know how we went in ten five down at halftime. <laughs> um, you know, we were we were brave at some of our calls. In hindsight, maybe, you know, the first penalty, I wanted to take three, but we they just got a sim bin and the pack wanted to, to have a go. Um, and then they were accumulating penalties. And so we, we, we sort of said, well, let's go again because that'll, you know, another penalty, they got a sim bin or, you know, maybe, uh, uh, you know, try. And we weren't, we weren't clinical in the first half, but then fair play because this team has worked a hell of a lot on our, our mental side of the game and to bounce back and to, to come again as testament to the management and the and the, the leadership group and the and the players themselves to, to come back and be clinical in the second half because previously we would have said, oh, we didn't take our chances and, and we would have not given up, of course, but we just would have put the heads down a bit, but we, we kept pounding, pounding away and uh, we got our rewards. It's very good. I think what's brilliant about that is, I know we already touched on the, the early Keller try in the second half, but when Will Jordan scores, you're kind of like, oh no, they're back in it again, the heads are dropped. But you look at that last 10, 15 minutes from Ireland, like we go back to low again and that tackle on, on uh, Rico Awani 
And I mean, he spoke to Channel 4 after the game. I don't know if he saw the interview and he turned around and he was like, <laughs> he basically said, um, you guys are always on about my D. And he goes, he basically asked, well, what was his uh, favourite moment from the game? He's like, he's talking about the media. He goes, you guys are always on about my D. And he goes, I got up 70 minutes on the clock, smacked Ricky Oani, got the turnover. I was like, that's the moment I remember. And like, you know, there were so many of those moments in the last few minutes where the heads could have dropped. But they were like, no, no, like they're scoring a try, get back up, get in, turn over that ball, make that hit, get back in that defensive line. And that's a side of Ireland you love to see. It's in any team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I picked up from what Johnny said there was that they worked on their mental side of the game, yeah. which I found really interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think? How would they have worked on their mental side of the game? Well, I I, I don't know what, uh, what side, but I, I think it's more like... Um, it's it's sometimes it's overrated the the mental side in terms you don't come with a psychologist and say let's work mentally like I think that it's it's more having a clarity on what you want to do being convinced of what you want to do just go with it and just do it till till the last till the whistle goes you know and I think that's probably that's what he's talking about like yeah. even when when there were a few setbacks they just don't hesitate they went on with the plan. They knew exactly what they want to do. I, I think there was a statement in the in the selection of the team as well. You know, in terms of um, I think Conor Murray is a brilliant number nine, yeah. uh, world class. Yeah. But he has a, a, a type of rugby or, or game that that it's that he does it second like the best in yeah. the world. You know, uh, but they wanted something different. I think with with Gibson Park a bit more of moving that ball quicker going and so on so yeah i think that was a statement also on on how they wanted to play this game you know so yeah um that is the convincement of of being convinced of that what they want to do go and do it you know yeah and it was really comp i presume it was a big confidence booster for the starting team that andy farrell was like yeah go again there lads and he didn't just put in who he knows can do the job or oh, slot Conor Murray back in here because he knows he can do the job. He backed Gibson Park and Gibson Park had an amazing game. For instance, his 50-22, that was a major turning point in the game where he kicked it over. And it was an amazing and kick. An amazing kick yeah. and that changed. That I think that at the moment, it really changed the feel of the game because New Zealand were kind of coming, they were kind of coming yeah. and then put him straight back into the corner. So it's great to see Andy Farrell really back in, back yeah. in the players, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think there's a great balance in, in that... Um, in that uh, Irish coaching stuff, you know, in terms of you can, I don't know them really perfect well, but I, I could say that Paul is more structure and like same Simon, very detailed this and that. And then you have Mike who who is a bit more of let's play what we see in front and yeah. have a bit more of a go. Um, like Andy Farrell, who's uh, um, very good in terms of, of experience and, and driving that uh, confidence to the players and and then you have Fox who is good in what he does in in the the scrum and getting the details and knowing the opposition so there's a great balance so when you have clarity uh, for the players you give clarity of what you want to do how you want to do it why you want to do it then it's that's you can't be better mentally prepared than that you know yeah true 100% it's great to see Jerry Carberry come on at 60 minutes when Johnny came off, like like you yeah. said, mentally he was obviously really prepared, mm. came off three massive kicks from him, penalties, yeah. 
And he's had a tough season as well had, from yeah. the boot. Like he hasn't been kicking well for Munster, and then to come on against the All Blacks and, and to smash had, one over from fifty meters. Like. Sexton had a lovely few words to say about him on the post-match interview as well. Yeah, you know, saying he did really, really well. Like to come on and produce such a, you know, outstanding three kicks under so much pressure. And you know, Sexton obviously missed those two kicks himself, yeah. which we don't really usually see. Yeah. Um, yeah. what, what do you think of Joey as a, as a, as a ten Felipe? I mean, there's a lot of talk now about like who's going to be Johnny's successor, and obviously Joey was out for a while. Do you think he's a guy? Is he capable of stepping up to the plate and taking Johnny's jersey when Johnny eventually retires in like 20, ten years time, <laughs> if he ever does retire? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Ireland is in a good good place in terms of number tens. You know, yeah. I think we in, in in Leinster we are very lucky. I think we have. Three, of three brilliant number tens, yeah. and and so um, yeah, it could be Joey. It could. I don't know. He needs to prove himself at that level, but definitely, it's great to see him uh, after all what he's gone through. You know, yeah. and such a, a wonderful, skillful player. Um, as a rugby spectator, you always want to watch those players in, yeah. on the pitch. You know, so. It's great to see him that that he got at least 20, 15, 15 minutes more. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Against the, all black, against the All Blacks, as well. against the All Blacks, doesn't get any bigger. Um, so, yeah, it was great for him to come. Now, if he's the successor or not, I don't know. I don't see, know. It could really. be it could be Harry Byrne or something. We actually mm. we glossed over Doris's try of all tries. I mean, what's that guy? Does, did they, you saw that try? How good it was. I mean, what does he do that regularly in training? Like, I mean, I'd love to know. Like, obviously, you're with him every almost every day. Can this guy go on to be one of the best back rows in the world? <laughs> we don't. It, it, I think it's it's great that he had a great game, and and yeah. then you need to back it up. It's it's hard to say uh, because it's very subjective to say yeah. one of the best back rows in the world. He's got I think he's a brilliant he? player. Yeah, he's a brilliant player. He's a, he has a, a brilliant uh, rugby brain. That for a back row, that's that's very important. Um, he's uh, he's developed his his fitness and, and, and physique really uh, to top level, you know, he's, he's got a good size. Um, he, he's got really, he's really skillful. And, and for me, one of the best things, and you said, does he does it in training all the time is how he runs early lines, but then he can, he has the ability to step uh, and f make some footwork to make sure he gets a soft shoulder. So, yeah. Um, and then accelerated, but yeah, definitely he has everything. He's 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 very good player, very good yeah. player. Yeah. I was really impressed with that try. I, it was a perfect angle from where I was sitting in the stand, and he comes around the rock and lines up, and then he just he cuts back in, which is so hard to do athletically to come at that speed and to take the ball and come in on a line. And I was just like, that was so. If a yeah. back tree did that, I would have been impressed. So, so, and as you said, he's put on size as well, so he's gotten bigger. So yeah. I was kind of slightly worried and said, like, okay, he's after getting much bigger. Can he still do what he used to yeah. do? And he can do that. Except now he's got the power and strength to back it up yeah, on top of it. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's a dangerous weapon yeah. to have. I wish he was that monster, to be honest yeah. with you. Because you're talking <laughs> about him, him being one of the best back rowers in the world. But the thing is, the competition is so hard. Like, yeah. Look at the guys yeah. that came off the bench then. We had Byrne who came off the bench. <laughs> Peter Manning came off the bench. Making turnovers for fun. Like, yeah, you've got guys like Will Connors to come back in. You've Will got, Connors, Josh you know Van I mean? Fleer is there. Got, people forget about us. The small yeah. matter of Dan Levy to come back in. It was an absolute, yeah. was one of the best sevens in the world at one stage before he got yeah. injured, like that 2018 season. Season. So back was really healthy for Ireland yeah. at the moment, yeah. Touching on that 2018 season, that's a big thing Ireland have to look at. So that 2018 season, we went off, won a Grand Slam, beat New Zealand, beat Australia. Everyone thought it was great. And then the following year, come into the World Cup, 
Ireland fell away to nothing and ended up getting hammered by England and got knocked out of the loose to Japan and hammered by New Zealand and knocked out of the World Cup. So like, where do we go from here? I think uh, Johnny Sexton had some excellent comments after the game, but like you know, how to make sure that doesn't happen again? Yeah, we've we've already identified you know the, the start of a two year journey and we've we've sort of said that. So this is the start and it's important. I said to the to the TV after that we continue to improve. Obviously, if if this is our peak, well. It's no good to anybody, you know, we need to. And I think there is room for improvement. There's room for improvement individually. There's room for improvement. You can see some of the stuff in the first half, like um, t- things that you can improve on to make sure you take your chances because we could have scored a few tries in the first half um, that, that would have sort of counted. Um, so lots of room for improvement and we need to keep our feet on the ground and, and we need to, to keep driving this team. There's a lot of young guys in there, um, very young. A lot younger than me um, and they need to realise that it's still the start and they, we need to keep building because the great thing about beating New Zealand is the lift gives to the country but you don't you don't win a trophy you don't have something to to show for as such um, so as happy as we are we, we need to, to push on again I love what Sexton said there like it gives the country such a boost yeah. it really does Like, what do you see from this team now going forward going into the Six Nations do you think they can win it? They're going to be up there, I think. But there's the small matter of they have to worry about Argentina next week. I think that's going to be a big game for them. And yeah. there's going to be changes, but I think they need to be careful. You know, Argentina are on the, off the back of a win over Italy. They like to get, maybe, could we see Balakun come in? Could we see Zebo? Could we see, see Harry Byrne start or Joey Carberry start? Or There's a lot of guys there in the squad that haven't got any minutes yet. But at the same time, Argentina are going to be no pushovers. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think when, when Johnny refers to a, there's a place for improvement, for me, the biggest improvement for Ireland is not to play better than they, they play, is to play the same way for, yes. the next, uh, for the next few games, you know. Go and do the same against Argentina. Go and do the same against Wales' first game in the, in the Six Nations. And then the results will come, will look after themselves, you know. They, they win or not win, it's the performance that he's talking about. Mm. Definitely, there is improvement in within this performance, but I think the the, the improvement will be if you can be consistently mm-hmm. playing at that level because that level they played yesterday was mm. unbelievable. Yeah. So if they can reproduce that for the next ten games they play, yeah. that will be a massive improvement, and definitely that will give them momentum. And as you said, I don't know what's what's the the game plan or, or what what would be uh, the, the the players playing Argentina but mm. Argentina is always uh, 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 even if they are not in their best season and they're not playing their best rugby they did a they they, they played fairly well against uh, France yeah very well they yeah. didn't get I, I think they weren't um, experienced enough to win but they they could have easily won that game then they won comprehensively against Italy so mm. They're coming to to a place with nothing to lose, in a bit of momentum, a bit of confidence, yeah. and and knowing that Argentina never beat Ireland in Ireland, so it's they could make history. It's the only Six Nations team we haven't beat them in their home ground, oh, you know. know well, knocked us out of a couple of World Cups anyway. That's enough. For that. Yeah, but not in Ireland. <laughs> not so in Ireland. Uh, not in Ireland. So for them, mm. I'm pretty sure they will be taking that. Uh, um, experience again. Argentina is in the end of the season, but many players play in Europe. But they they come through a very long season as well in terms of having in, in for the 
for the rugby championship, they spend nine weeks together, you know, and it's great to be together, but nine weeks <laughs> is a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a World Cup, you know, campaign. So, uh, and now they're getting at the at the back of that. So, um, yeah, it will yeah. be an interesting. But from our Irish perspective, I think the improvement will be to perform yeah. exactly the same as they performed against New Zealand, against yeah. Argentina, and then the first game against Wales. In the, in the Six Nations. I, I think the final takeaway before we move on from the Ireland game is the fact that, as Johnny said there, they left three or four tries on the mm. pitch and they still beat the All Blacks. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can say we could have played better, we could have scored two or three more tries and you still beat them. Yeah. It was then the you're kind of like, yeah, yeah we're, in the, we're in a good place. It was definitely the most convincing win over New Zealand out of the three of them. But yeah. the thing is, we have such a need in Ireland to just keep like putting pressure on the on these lads like they've done well they got a good result but let's not be like okay let's go win the World Cup do you know what I mean as Felipe says let's go out against Argentina next yeah. week do well there yeah. then target the first game in Six Nations yeah. Yeah, we all just kind of go okay let's win Six Nations let's win it's, World it's Cup you know? yeah, oh, look, it's the competitive nature of the country <laughs> yeah. it's the way we are you see you us know. beat them but it's see it's because we know Ireland are more than capable. Yeah. That's the frustrating part. Well, it's great that they've shown that they can do it now yeah. and like to play against the best team in the world and yeah. be that convincing for 80 minutes. But um, I don't think we, we, we won't get ahead of ourselves and start putting our hands on the World Cup <laughs> trophy just yet. We're going to move on to, we've got some lovely questions for you. Some of them from us, some of them from our social media followers. Don't worry, there's nothing too bad to put you under pressure. Um, we start off, we have an image here. Um, we just want to know what was going through your head for this iconic celebration. Well, no. <laughs> here it is. There was nothing. Oh, we remember this. That is, that is incredible. <laughs> I mean, like, that, I remember seeing that clip. Like, oh, you never seen that. What were you thinking that, there? Cause, no, cause that's I wasn't been thinking. Since. I think that's, I wasn't thinking anything. Like, that's, that's the problem, you know? Like, no, just, I think it was a very... We played in, in Bristol Rovers and it was always very narrow in goals and um, and it, there's a slope and yes. I'm, I, I've never been fast and know it, but it couldn't stop. So I find <laughs> the gap. So I say, OK, I'll keep running. And it came out of the real but no, So good. It's such a vintage moment. Because you've seen like a lot of people have copied that since in different sports and stuff. But I think you're one of the first to do it from what I can remember to actually yeah. go into town and yeah. get the applause. You're young in that. I'd say that's early on in your career, is it? Early. Before yeah. coming to Ireland. Yeah, that's uh, 2001, 2003. Yeah. Amazing celebration. Love it. And um, we have the, another one from Connor Lynch. Would like to know who is the funniest Leinster player. The funniest. Clearly something that I'm lacking in. <laughs> <laughs> no. You should ask the, the, the players that. Like, uh, from my point of... Uh, Probably James Lowe, is, is he the funniest? Well, yeah. From what yeah, I've heard from the lads. Yeah, yeah, James could be funny, but definitely there, there are a few... Uh, they, 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 they enjoy themselves. Mm. I, you can see them that they enjoy and, and probably they're good, funny guys. Um, what, any names that stand out? Well, James, James would be <laughs> like more outspoken and, and that I could see, but maybe they don't crack too many jokes when I'm there. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, Freddie, you really you so you're the, no, you're no, not you're afraid, the general. I'm not afraid, but, or maybe I don't get them, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just respect. Yeah. He's part of the management, you can't, yeah. there's certain boundaries. There's yeah. certain boundaries, yeah. Um, the next question comes from uh, the real Dan Lonergan is his name, and he's going to this uh, historical battle between you and Ronan O'Gara, both incredible out-halves. Leinster, obviously, he's monster. You have massive battles. On the pitch, it seemed that there was a lot of tension. Off the pitch, are you mates now? Uh, how is the relationship? Well, I, 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 I always say, like, when you have um, 
a guy like Ron, who is very competitive, very driving high standards and so on, it's a guy that you would love to have as, as, a, as a teammate, yeah. not as an opposite, uh, as a rival. And that's where we clashed. And also it was like more of a Styles and Leinster, Monster, Argentina, Ireland, that we went through some uh, difficult games uh, through World Cups and at that stage. And so it was more of a uh, something made out of the press. Um, I've got really good, I, I get on really well with, with Ronan. I'm, I'm not mate, like I, I'm not good friend at, at all, but... but um, uh, every time we we see each other, it's it's a good good chat. I've good hugely respect for him, for what he did as a player, for what he's doing as a coach. Um, I think he's been a, a brilliant player for Monster for Ireland, and and he's a great coach at the moment. You know. Yeah, mutual respect between the two of you. Yeah, well, you have to ask him that. <laughs> I've, got, I've got huge we, respect we, for we him. Um, we've got a hipster smasher is the username. Yeah, he's like, he wants to know what it was like to have Sexton coming up behind you at Leinster. I don't know what age he was when he was coming in, but was he a bit niggly at training? Like, was he... Well, that's what you love yeah. about him. You know, what I loved about him. I think he's always been that competitive. He was young. Um, there were other out halves coming through. And I remember that there was not not a problem, but something that uh, when checks and and Noxian came and so on, there was um, something that Leinster wasn't producing nines and tens. Yeah. Um, for for a while, you know, Emmett Farrell was got injured and then he got into it, but but there wasn't no and 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 then Johnny came and 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 there was two other ones and I remember checking saying, whom do you think will be like. Uh, Definitely, you could see him in training. It was Johnny in terms of his character. Um, he would be very respectful, very humble, very. But in in training, he wouldn't respect anyone in terms of like <laughs> he will go hard and and just be so confident himself that uh, you could see him that he had something special. And then um, I've been lucky, like. I kept on in contact and so on, and now I'm coaching him. But it's 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 his um, his 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 competitiveness and and the way he drives the standards, you know, uh, that that makes empowers everyone yeah. around him. So yeah, definitely. You look for was, that in a ten as well of, of all of all positions. That's what you look for. In your yeah, team. yeah. It was great to have him. Yeah. I, I think I've enjoyed my time working with him. Um, I, I agree with him. I would have loved to play a bit more with him. Yeah. Maybe me on the 12th position, yeah. he on the 10. Because he's a lovely, lovely playmaker and, and he's a, a very good player, you know, and, and reads the game really well. Yeah. Just he's a, a follow-up question on that. You were obviously gone from playing to coaching him. And what's it like, the coaching dynamic? Is it more of a discussion because you're both so well-educated in rugby or is it you're telling him what to do? <laughs> I try not to to tell people what to do, you know. Uh, I if, if I say, let's do this, I, I've got my reason why to do it. And if someone can come and tell me, no, I, I don't think it gives me a good why or a reason why not to do it or to do it differently, yeah. I'm, I'm well on changing and saying, okay, uh, let's go with that. I actually sometimes, when you have players like Johnny who are very, very, uh, very good rugby brain, you need to listen to them, you know, and it's not only Johnny. We have yeah. Ross Byrne is a really good rugby brain. Uh, you have so many players there that they are well, well educated rugby wise. And so you're always listening to them 
to to see what also what makes them feel comfortable in in the way they want to play because at the end of the day we're sitting in the grandstands you know they are playing <laughs> so yeah. they have to be comfortable in what what they do yeah interesting and yeah. um, the next question is from gareth morrow he asked who is your favorite ever player so it's a bit vague so maybe someone that you've played with um or played against yeah but uh, it will be very very um uh, unjust to name one mm -hmm. i've been so lucky i played with such a with and against so many good players that uh, i've been lucky I, i'll give you for example a few like uh, brian o'driscoll mm -hmm. from ireland uh, played with george smith unbelievable player unbelievable player johnny wilkinson unbelievable oh, wow. player um play against dan carter for me one guy unbelievable player um Tano Maga, Sonny Williams. So the, I've been very lucky. Very. And here in Ireland, like, well, with all the backline of the previous, like Dars, Gerben, uh, Dennis Hickey, um, Shaggy, everyone, you know. <laughs> Legends. I've been lucky, yeah. yeah. Some, really some serious names yeah, there, wow. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. The next question we have is from Jack, spelled J-A-K. He wants to know what was the biggest culture shock when you moved to Ireland? So this is your second stint living in Ireland. Yeah. Um, the culture shock, was like um, that now I like it, but it was eating weed very late. Weed very late. Uh, in Ireland or back home? In Argentina? Back home. Yeah. Weed at 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. So eating when people or when we travel and we have dinner at 6 30, 6 o'clock, it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's my tea, you know, my, yeah. my we, we call tea. We have four meals in, in Argentina. Here you have three, like, yeah. uh, wow. but like, so, well, I, I'd say they do it the other way around. They have a snack at 10 o'clock or 9.30. Yeah. We, we have a snack at 5, 6 o'clock and then we eat late. So yeah. that was a cultural shock, yeah. Yeah. But I'm getting used. I'm now I'm seven thirty, eight o'clock eating. Yeah. So I'm going in the middle. Some people in Ireland would say six six is even late to have their, their dinner. Like they some do. people have yeah. their spots yeah. on at like three or four o'clock yeah. or five o'clock even. But um next question we have is uh, from Morgan F C. Um he or she would like to know, are you still a practicing doctor? No, I'm I'm not practicing. I've no time really. Yeah. <laughs> but uh no, it's it's a decision I made um when I went back home i practiced back home um, and then i started coaching part-time and then i went on full-time and and well that was a decision i made Um you never know i i always say it's i might come back I might not mm, never uh, say never but at the moment if you have the chance to to choose what you want to do and and um what makes you tick every day and and keeps you happy I, you you have to take it you know yeah makes sense that's it um, Seth would like to know how it feels to be the goat of Italian rugby. I actually had to ask, ask Greg what the goat was. I don't know greatest if you're familiar with it. He's good at this Greatest of all time, Argentinian. Such player. a blonde moment. Argentinian of, of Argentinian yeah. rugby. Uh, no, well, I, I don't think I'm the greatest of all time, but um, no, I'm, 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 I, I, I always say I've been very lucky in my career. Um, I think, I think, uh, obviously you make up your luck by working hard and so on, but you also need a bit of luck. And, and the teams I played in, um, not only club level, but internationally, I played with some of the best Argentinian rugby in history. So 
Uh, I've been very lucky yeah, in that sense. Um, very yeah. modest of you. I don't think a lot of people <laughs> yeah. would say you are the Argentinian goat, in, m- yeah. in my opinion anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Uh, the next question, you spoke about your career there and everyone you've played with and played against. What would you say is your hardest game ever? It could be club rugby, it could be internationally. What sticks out in your mind is the hardest game? Well, one hard game I had, um, I had, or yeah, you played in, yeah. that I played in was Australia back home with 85,000 people when I missed wow. seven out of nine. So, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and people booing you, you know, <laughs> but that's how you, you always remember that game, not so as not yeah. to do it again. Well, the, the good thing is I kept on asking the ball. So I said, well, I was resilient, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was a tough game personally. Uh, in terms of, of uh, physicality and so on, I think that uh, South African games would be very, very tough. Uh, I, when you play against New Zealand, very, very tough. And in club level, I always loved uh, Leinster Monster for all what it, it's, it's not only the, the week before, it starts a few weeks before. And, and luckily for my times, we normally lost against <laughs> Monster. So, <laughs> so it ended up, it, it kept going for when I go to the hospital and so on, most of, or many consultants, so they were from Monster and, or doctors. And so it kept going for a long, long period then, you know. You're sick of hearing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go now to the... <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, a big, it's a big difference now. Uh, the next question is just for me. Um, someone we don't hear about for much, and you played a couple of seasons with him, so it's good to have you on to speak about him, is Rocky Elsom. What was he like to play in Tremont? Because he's just... He came in like he's he was like Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy. He came into Leinster for like two years and was just amazing. And then you don't hear much of him. He kind of disappears. Well, What's he like? And do you, do you keep in touch with him and all these days? Well, I haven't heard much about him either. You yeah. Know, um, yeah, I would have loved to to maybe when we made the reunion uh, two years ago, like for him to come, but he didn't come. Um, he was um, like, he was a great player, definitely. Um, it's one of those players that we were talking about diversity yeah. that you need to understand so that you don't get too much because he's definitely one of those players out of the mold, you know, that he's not a, a normal player in terms of he would do loads of things by himself, like, uh, like warm-ups or he would, he would do yoga when no one, and rather than going to the gym and we were all looking like, okay. <laughs> Uh, why we don't have but if he played the way he played at the weekend (laughs) and it worked you know you can understand that but it's um i'd say it was a good job from Cheka to how to manage him you know in terms of the group because sometimes when you have to follow certain rules that are uh yeah. For everyone, you know, and, yeah. and he would be, he would have a few exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here, Felipe. The, a big question in Irish rugby is who's the best out half you've ever had? Ron Nogara, Johnny Sexton. Okay. You're an incredible out half back in your day and you're an incredible coach now. Ronan or Johnny? Yeah, but th- that's um, definitely my answer will be very biased because I would say Johnny every day, but what I always say, it's why we always have to compare yeah. rather than being so um, like grateful of having had those two out halves, you know. Uh, I think Ireland for the last 20, 20 years or more, Ronan started in 2000 more or less. 
for the last 21 years, they, they haven't lacked of a number 10, top quality number 10. And that's, you know, for an international team to have uh, one of the best number 10s of, of the days on the, mm. on the day. And you had that for the last 21 years. So why to compare them rather than saying, oh, we were lucky. First of all, they didn't clash and they weren't both in the, in the same era yeah. and they one followed the other one. And second, to say we were lucky enough, we had a, a pretty decent number 10 in there. Yeah. But if I have to pick one, obviously it will be Vias because it's Johnny. Johnny, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll pick Ronan anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, one final question here is from John Collins. So we've touched on this already, but he wants to know when you'll take the reins at Argentina. So obviously you said you're happy with Leinster, but is that something that you, you would think about? Would you like someday to be head coach of Argentina? Yeah, I think it's it's not a, an objective or something that I put like a, a, something I need to do and at a certain age or this or that. Mm. If it comes, it comes. And I'm very, um, very in, in this uh, profession, I believe on yourself always trying to get better and prepare yourself because you don't know when the moment might come. Yes. It might never. Mm. But if it comes, you need to be prepared. So it's not about saying or when it comes, or when I would do it, or how I yeah. would do it, or prepare yourself. If it comes, make sure you're prepared, because um, it would be very hard to say no to, yeah. to if someone comes and asks you to coach your, your, your national team, you of know. Course. But you need to be prepared, so that's, that's the main thing for me. Yeah, I think I see that when you see Argentina play, of all the teams, you look like one of the most passionate rugby teams. And I, I can imagine like, if, if the timing was right and everything was there, it would be a great honour, I would imagine, would it? Yeah, definitely. I, I, it is a very passionate, but I think uh, Ireland is a very pride and passionate team as well. And that's probably why Argentina-Ireland, they're always very crunchy games. Yeah. Because it's, it's two passionate teams, two very pride teams playing for their, um, maybe even a, a chip on the shoulder, you know, both teams, they have yeah. that chip on the shoulder of... of um, so I think it's 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 great. I always love Argentina Ireland uh, games because uh, you could see that they're they're pl playing for something more than just uh, they're playing for their country. They're playing for their families, their mm -hmm. tribe, um, and that makes it for me. That's at the end of the day, that's what really counts. You know. Yeah. Um, we're just, just we've got one more uh, result to add in there. It's just coming in here. Obviously, we're filming this on a Sunday. Wales have beaten Fiji, which is what we expected, but a lot closer than I thought. 38-23. Uh, so good to see Fiji actually gave them a good game because Wales had a, a decent team out. I know they, they made a lot of changes from last week, but you know they said had likes a bigger and whatnot at ten. Um, the Fijians were leading 13-7 after 25 minutes, but uh, Roni Sow was given a straight red card for with the head of Johnny Williams. So like even after. They had 14 men for three quarters of the game and they still stuck it to Wales and were almost, you know, stayed in the game. So good to see, as I said. Yeah, it's great to see Fijian rugby. That, like their seventh team was obviously incredible. Yep. Ronnie Sow, you mentioned there, I played against him. Oh my God, the guy is the most powerful <laughs> fellow I've ever come <laughs> against in my life. He just sprints. I remember one match we played in Twickenham. Um, they were down a player. 
So they only had two in the back line and he shot in from a winger and came all the way in and smashed Jimmy O'Brien. Jimmy, for watching this, I'm sorry, but <laughs> he absolutely cleaned out Jimmy O'Brien. So he, it's great to see the sevens ads getting into the 15s team in Fiji yeah. and they're, they are a great rugby nation. And now with the Pacific's teams coming? They're going to be in the Super Rugby Pacific, yeah. So they've got a, the, the a Fijian draw, yeah. team and you've got a Pacific Islands team, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Pacificas and the draw. The Drua, Fiji, that's it, yeah. Drua, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think they, they, they've got Bern Cotter there, that Bern is a, it's a guy who will look into their history, into their culture. And the, 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 always the question I ask myself is how you put 15 Fijians together, you know, because they are unbelievable individually. Yeah, how how when you can put them together. And I think that's where Bern Cotter could be uh, if he, with, with some time. Um, you know, we can expect Fiji becoming really, yeah. really good, I'd say, in the, for the next World yeah. Cup. And an issue in Fiji, I think, is that they have a social hierarchy. So certain people are like leaders from certain villages and stuff. So I think that's what has been an issue in the past, is that some guys won't like tell other guys what to do or criticize them because of their hierarchy in society. So I think that's why they've struggled for a few years. But um, coaches like Vern Cotter and people like that are really kind of sorting it out. So yeah. it's great to see them getting close to Wales who are one of the best teams in the world. Having a franchise as well is something that we've been begging for to see, not just for Fiji, but for all those Pacific mm -hmm. Island nations. To have, to have a couple of franchises, they deserve it. Like, and it's going to make a huge difference yeah. for, yeah. Those, if, for those teams. If, if they keep those Fijians and those Samoans in the franchises and play for their countries and oh. not then stepping into New Zealand jerseys. Yeah. They're, they'd be unstoppable. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, we, we'll say no more. Yeah. <laughs> We have another Irish win I think you want to talk about from yes, last weekend. I know. Friday, so, should I say, sorry. Yeah, it was, um, it was absolutely brilliant to see the Irish women's beat um, USA yep. on home soil and a history-making kind of game because it was the first time they played in the RDS as well. Okay. And um, yeah, it was a super game, especially with the girls. They've had such a difficult couple of weeks. There's been a, ba a lot of bad publicity in a way through um, the RFU with one of the interviews that Anthony Eddy made. Yeah solely blaming the players on the results that has that's happened over the last couple of weeks, not qualifying for the World Cup, which is understandable. But um, What do you make of that yourself? Yeah, Tina Malloy, um, she put out a tweet on um, social media, which we haven't seen any kind of players do and step up and question the RFU and question the coaches, um, saying it's not slurry season. Yeah, basically um, saying you're talking a bit of SH1T, in other words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and... Um, all the girls, it was great to see that the, her teammates were backing her, you know, yeah. on social media. But I'm interested to know what's your personal opinion of it, man, because you're a player, you played for the Irish 15s and 7s and you heard the comments off Anthony Eddie. Do you agree with the girls and that the, his comments were wrong or what's your stance? Yeah, so I was with, I, Anthony Eddie was my coach for a good few years in the 7s and then I was lucky enough to go off and play in the 15s as well. So I've been part of that setup and there's always been talk of, you know, 7s against the 15s. But what I loved about this week is there's no um, divide between the squads at all. Yeah. The sevens and the 15 is one squad. The girls came together really, really well and played like they should. They gave the results that they wanted and um, that they deserved. Yeah. And they are one squad. So like my opinion on it is, you know, I'm delighted to see that the girls, um, you know, came together as one mm. and backed each other and they produced the, 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 the game that they know that they can. And, um, yeah, and it's, I suppose it's now down to the RFU now to go through this review and we, we're looking for the next steps. We are pushing them to get what's what's next for oh, yeah. women's rugby because at the moment 
it, it's really hard to see what's going to happen now. So it's going to be an interesting few months. Really yeah. Interesting months. Um, big thing we have to say, obviously, uh, on the back of that game is, uh, would say, best wishes to Lindsay Pete on her retirement. Yeah. She, obviously, she was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago and an absolute dope to have on, really knows her stuff. And she kind of hinted at it when she was on the show, kind of saying, I might not be in the Six Nations, but at least she went out with a, a history-making win in the RDS. Yeah, it was pretty I mean, obviously, like, you... you, 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 you Admitted it, did you absolutely love Lindsay? So, yeah. anything else you want to say about her? <laughs> she, uh, no, she, watching. Yeah, she had such a, a fantastic game and she did exactly what she said when she was on the show. She wanted to lead out with her son for a final match on home soil and have a win. So, she, she had a and she had an absolutely brilliant game and she scored as well. Yeah, for she touched down well. for a try. Yeah. yeah, that's great. It was a great congratulations, Lindsay P. But another unbelievable person on the day was uh, Bavine Parsons. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, her try was incredible. You see it down the, down the touchline. She is. Incredible. What she's you make remarkable. of her, Megan? Yeah, she's ab- she's she came from um, underage level. She's been through the sevens and under eighteens, and she captained under eighteens um, squad. And she's just getting better and better. And the experiences that she's had with the squad, she's now definitely secured that number eleven jersey. And yeah, there's going to be a lot to come from her from the next few years. So it's such a shame such a talent like that won't be able to be representing Ireland yeah. in in the in the World Cup. But yeah. she's so young; she's only nineteen. Um, plenty of rugby plenty of time to go yeah it's going to be an interesting few months an interesting few months for. but as I said it's good to see the women get a win and well, it's, I don't think this is quite over yet This what, what's going yeah, on in front of behind the scenes yeah mm-hmm. there's definitely I mean? a big review to go into even for me coming yeah. from the sevens side of things like we've done really well to get to the Olympics we went yeah. to the World Cup we went to the World Series but like it's very common knowledge that yeah. we don't get funding at all or we get no. paid very very little to play sevens full time sport and we're expected to be at an Olympic level world class level and we don't get given the same money to allow yeah. you to be at that level. So a review needs to go into it. Like IRFU's in a great place in 15 side of things, but they need to start bringing that into 15s and 7s now. I'd love yeah. to get your opinion on it, but you probably want to stay political on it all. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will stay political. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll swiftly move on to a topic yeah. I'm sure you like to talk about. So it's going to we already touched on it, the Argentina and Italy game. Obviously pretty comfortable, but the big news there, I suppose, is that seven-game losing streak, that's the monkey off their back now because you know yourself, the more the keep, you keep losing, you, the longer it takes, the harder it takes to get that win. Yeah, yeah. It's a seven-win uh, streak lose. Yeah. Um, now, you need to put it in context, you know, in terms of that. I always say we, we are Argentina. Um, we, we play every, every year against the three of the top five because they're always top five Australia, yeah. New Zealand sometimes and South three, Africa New Zealand. sometimes top three <laughs> yeah. teams in the world and, and some people back home expect expect them to win it's like I always give it's like playing if, if you're Bolivia in soccer and you play against Uruguay Argentina and Brazil every year and you expect them to win <laughs> without playing in La Paz because you play always away from home so it was uh, that seventh game streak was a um, it was a bit unfair they were on the road for nine weeks you know and but um, having said that definitely they didn't play that well and that's that's more important more than the loses is the performance yeah but also they were trying a lot of players so maybe I, I don't know I haven't spoken with with their coaches in that sense but it's um I don't know if they're already having a mind in, in the 2023 because they were trying loads of young players, okay. especially in a rugby championship, that it's a hard thing to, but um, definitely they, they were 
there on that way because I, there's some players that I don't even know them. I yeah. mean, left four years ago, yeah. Argentina, but some players that I don't even know their names or, or who the, where yeah. they come from. Or, yeah, can, I, so. can I ask you, sorry, just about Argentinian rugby in general? I mean, we were talking about this before the, the show came on air and... If you go back a few years ago, I mean, the Jaguares, just before COVID, got to the Super Rugby final against Crusaders. And like they seemed like they were building a really strong franchise there. And like there was a lot of money, time, effort, years put into Argentinian rugby. And now all of a sudden it seems like all that is gone now because the, yeah. the Jaguares even have a competition to play now. They're not even past, part of the new Super Rugby Pacific competition, are they? No, no, they are not part. And, and there's a Jaguares 15 that plays in a South American league yeah. Now that it's starting, started last year, the South American League, you have to start. It, it, it's reality is reality. You know, when New Zealand and Australia, they are from the other part of the world, like they made that super rugby now with the, the Pacificas and, and, you know, those two teams from Fiji and, and the islands. Um, the, the, the South African franchises coming yeah. to the north, like to play the, the United Rugby Championship. Kind of Argentina was left uh, outside of the of the rugby map, um, but they, but that's that's the way it's geographically, you know. So mm. that's what you. Uh, it's not. There's no point on victimizing yourself or or being left. You need to take action on on a reality, and and that's what I think they are trying to do. So you have most of the players playing in Europe now. Yeah, so like back when you played, like when but, you had to come to Leinster and yeah, stuff, and that was just yeah. that was just it. That is not ideal yeah. because uh, how you manage them, it's it's a it's a big challenge, and you have this league that started, and you have to start. You know, at some point you have to start. So hopefully, in a year's time, that league will become uh, better. Yeah. At least it gives them uh, a structure, professional structure to work to hold. Um, it will never be, or, or not in the short term, as as super rugby. Yeah, it's going to take time. Yeah, yeah. But but you have to start, and that's where you can develop some players, then go to Europe and and start get, getting that puzzle. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard job. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how do you think Argentina will fare in the next couple of years and build up to the World Cup with uh, having to deal with that South American league and their players being all over Europe? Or do you think that's not an issue? No, it is. It is an issue, and that's how. That's that's my point. Um, yeah. You can victimize yourself and say, yeah. "Oh, yeah, put it as an excuse," or you have to see the reality and just plan and see. Well, with this reality, how we can get the best out of it, yeah. and that's what they need to do. You know, just make sure that you because South Africa will have a, a not the same, but it's not too dissimilar. Yeah, not too dissimilar because they yeah. have the four franchises, but. It's different when you play your club rugby at the Northern Hemisphere calendar and your international rugby to the Southern Hemisphere calendar. Yeah. Where do you have the Allende uh, resting? Yeah. When will he rest? Yeah. He yeah. flies back and forth from Europe and South Africa all the time. Yeah. When, and, and I'm putting the Allende because it's the person probably that you most know. Yeah. But you have most of the South African or many South African guys are, are uh, in that dual calendar. Mm. The Argentinians are in that dual calendar. So how long can you, you know, the, the, the players' welfare in that sense for those yeah. players, international players, is very hard. Yeah. And do you think you'd go back and get involved in the Argentinian setup and help them sort it out? 
I'm comfortable at the moment in there. <laughs> Definitely. I'm poking at him. <laughs> Get him to crack eventually. Philippe, from the Argentina match yesterday, there was two stand-up players I'd like you to talk about. Um, Pablo Martina and Marcus Crema. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Pablo, Pablo Martina is one of the outstanding players in the last few years, you know. He was the captain. He, he's got a few, not, not issues, but uh, not that he's a really nice guy and, mm. and very but he had a he tweeted something 10 yeah. years ago really nasty things oh, really? and yeah. so he was taken out the captaincy but he's a very he's a leader in that team and and he's been doing he's he's 28 29 now mm. but he's mm. been there for i played with him so imagine like in my <laughs> last year he was he made his debut so um he's a player that uh, he's been going for a long time now uh, and Marcos Kremer is one of those guys, very physical guys. He's playing in Stade Francais and, and he's good players. They are good players, but more so they, they play, you know, like you spoke about uh, how the Irish team was very physical and relentless against the All Blacks. That's their sort of, of play for these two mm. guys. You know, they just keep going, keep going. So, yeah, I don't know if they'll be part of the of the team next next weekend but yeah. if they are they'll be like they're tough tough players yeah definitely and if you look, if you look at we mentioned that french game earlier on i mean like i think the reason Argentina were very successful in that game is they got under france's skin very yeah. early on in the game and i think if they can do that against ireland yeah that's where they can have a chance like and they yeah. can they can really yeah. rattle ireland and kind of get them going but uh we move on to the scotland and south africa game um i think look at the it was the World Champions at the end of the day. It was 30-15 win to, to them. But I think Scotland put it up to them in the end. Didn't they? they played well. They did, but it was a great game. There were some unbelievable tries in it. Like um, Finn Russell was just pulling strings. Like, the way Finn Russell plays is amazing, isn't he? He's just throwing the ball within the goal line. He's kicking it on the halfway line. And they're all just leading to tries. What do you yeah. think of him? him would you like to coach someone like him, would you? I think it would be <laughs> yeah, difficult to coach him. That's a different question. <laughs> Very nice to watch when you're probably... When you're the coach, could be tough. But but that's what you get. You know you'll get that from him. You know, um, he's an unbelievable, skillful player. Yeah. But he does um, things and I'm like, oh my God, don't yeah. do it. And it comes off. Yeah, yeah. it can come, come when... The big question is how you play against South Africa. You know, it's, it's those questions like we, we had this, well not, not we, but um, there's been the discussion after the Lions tour. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to go and play against a South African team that they do what they do really well, you know. And, and, and you can argue it's a nice way of playing rugby or, or you can like it or dislike it, but what they do, it, it works Boring but them. effective. <laughs> <laughs> boring yeah. for us but it's if you win effective. I don't think it would no be cares, boring yeah. for them you know yeah. so it's you can complain about it and, and go against it or whatever or you can see how you can go and, and try to beat them in, in your way and impose your style you know and that's where I think Scotland tried to do that mm. yeah um, I think they were lacking a bit of accuracy at certain yeah. Because they they had their chances that they couldn't take them and yeah. uh, but but you can see clearly that they were trying to take the ball into space when they get it from those kicks that you receive, trying to hit and then go and take the edge and and so yeah a way of of it will be interesting for whoever has to play South Africa how you'll play them and and find a way yeah. to beat them because yeah. they are successful in what they well, do. That's you know? it. Yeah, but they were only finding the space out in those flanks and it was 
kind of lucky. Like, you know, Van der Marver did really well twice to get in and around. But if that's the only way to kind of play against South Africa, yeah. they're going to be a tough team to beat. Like, just yeah. lucky kicks and passes. That's it, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Just on uh, another point from that game, man, for Erasmus. Uh, what do you think about him playing as the, the water boy again? I know it's something that came up over the Lions tour. He, he went back into his, his box there for, for the Welsh game, but he was back doing water boy again in the Scotland game. I mean, he's not, he's not doing anything wrong. You know, as he already pointed out in his 60-minute video, what do you think of that as a coach? Well, I'd rather have him as Waterboy than giving interviews, you know, like, <laughs> because of what he said previously. You know, I think he's, he can go and uh, it's part of probably that uh, aura that he has. He's the World Cup winning head mm. coach and, and probably he still wants to get involved and be involved there. Um, Maybe that's the way they decided for him being down there rather than being beside the, the Niemann, you know, like the coach and, and maybe downloading him. Like mm. it doesn't look good if he's beside him, maybe. So I don't know. It's part of the the way he does it doesn't change. I think yeah. it, the only thing is like um, definitely um, I, I'd say sometimes you feel like not only Rossi, but but the, the, the physio, the girl, and they sometimes go into the pitch too early, you know, like trying to put a bit pressure and that has to be addressed, I think, because yeah. it doesn't look good in, from my point of view, you know, yeah. you, you still have the 15 players from each side. Um, the water boys are water boys, the, the physios are physios and they need to just come on when come into the pitch when they need to come yeah. into yeah. the pitch. When I was at Munster, Razi was a director of rugby and Jacques Nimbar was a defensive coach and they did the exact same thing. Jacques Nimbar was the physio because he's a qualified physiotherapist. Okay. So he was on the pitch running around as physio, running on doing all the bits and bobs as physio, but he was also the coach. Yeah. So it's not an old thing. They always yeah. did it. And you're a doctor by trade, aren't you? So you yeah. could arguably do it for Leinster. You could be the doctor on the pitch. Yeah, yeah no, but I, I'd say we'll keep, we have very good doctors. Like they, they do their job. I think it's, it's very important to trust whom you have and to do the job you are asked to do. You know, like I'm the backs coach, assistant coach. I have to focus on what I have to do yeah. and the doctors on what they have to do, head coach on what he has to do. And if everyone works in a good, uh, on what you have to do, it's, uh, that's it. You know, you, uh, that's my, my view. That's yeah. my view. But, but I don't know why it, it maybe brings them a bit more of, of mm. something in the group. You know, he brings more. Would you, would you look at changing it, Felipe? I mean, if you look at, I remember Eddie Jones mentioned it a few years ago, like like in football in the Premier League, you've got your little box down in the corner, you've got your Solskjaer's or your Mourinho's or your Klops who love to get involved, speak mess get messages across to the players. Do you think maybe in rugby we should have a situation where you have a little box down do, there and you have a coach down there? Do, do you watch uh, top 14 rugby? I've France? seen that, yes, I've seen some well, of that. that's what they do. Yeah, so would, like, that's should we do that? The head coach is always on yeah. top. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's whatever suit for the French guys. That's the way they do it. Yeah. And, and they have the head coach normally beside the uh, beside the, the pitch on that box, giving instructions. And yeah. now I personally, I think um, you coach throughout the week and I like to think you coach early in the week okay. and you give more ownership to the players later on the week and on the game day, you know. There's no, like, how much can you add, like, shouting someone yeah. beside the, 
I'd I'd say you rattle him yeah. more than than add him something, you know. So trust the game plan, trust the process. It's, it's that balance. Now some guys they like it, and in France they are very used to do that, and they are very used maybe the, even the French players to receive those type of instructions. And it's a bit more cultural, you know. In in soccer, um, I'd say that in football maybe if you don't have the coach beside there, they will feel a, a bit like. Brainless, you so know, used uh, to, yeah. yeah, so used to receive instructions that maybe a, a, a player. It would be a good experiment. Just take the coach see, yeah. one day and see what the players. They probably be looking to a sideline, looking yeah. for that instruction. Yeah, I know what you mean. Go, go back to the game itself. Obviously, you touched on on, on Hogs two tries, like two brilliant tries. But like the difference with South Africa in the end was uh, two tries from Max Oleman Pimpi. I mean, there's a guy, we, we, we spoke about the chasing the zone, you spoke about it last week. I mean, his story is pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know if you know the man Pimpy Pim, Pim, story, where he where he came from. We were kind of speaking about it before off air. He yeah. came from nothing. Like yeah. In the Chasing the Sun documentary, there's a very emotive video of Razzie crying because they all, I'll just give a quick synopsis. They all were putting mm. pictures of their family and friends on the jersey number. Yeah. And they all brought in their photos and everything, but man, Pippi didn't have any photos. So he brought in photos of himself. Yeah. That's not the saddest thing. Like, yeah. oh my God. And he's like, he went on and that thing, like he's the, the, the first person, the first South African to score a try in the in a World Cup final. Like, and you see it in that documentary. I don't know if you, you've seen, have you seen it? Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you've yeah, seen yeah, it, like, you know, yeah. the bit where he goes, the one person who came from nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, 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 who like, it, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it's it's literally defying, it's it's just, it's an amazing yeah, story. It's, it really it's similar enough, um, yeah. Khaleesi, the captain, also came from nothing. Yeah. So yeah. it's an amazing, amazing story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think it's such a popular, and, and, and if you see it the way South Africa, probably it, it was more of a white, uh, uh, whites playing rugby beforehand in 30 years ago and the the way they with that 1995 World Cup and how they empower rugby throughout all the communities and um, you know you can argue if it was sometimes good or bad politics but you can see a lot of, of, of uh, people coming from nowhere or nothing um, just getting those opportunities you know so more people having more opportunities so it's great to see. I, yeah. I think those stories are really, really yeah. good. You it's know? good for, especially for rugby, because people always say rugby is an elitist sport across yeah, the world. Yeah. And to see that, no, you actually can come from nothing and you still yeah. can get to the very top. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, that's, that's good yeah, to see. His yeah. tries were, were top class. He's, was, he's one of the best fingers in the world yeah. at the moment. Damien Delande for his offload for the Manpipi's second <sighs> try was amazing. If yeah. only he could start doing that for Munster a bit more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll see how when he comes back. Um, just can we, uh, just another, just a quick point as well on uh, Franz Stein. We have to mention him. I mean, there's a guy that was, I think he was playing when you were playing. He's yeah. around that long. He's the first uh, South African to play uh, 15 years consecutive. So he's, pleased, he's, he's the longest serving Springbok of wow. all time. He played his debut against Ireland, right, back in, I think it was 2006 or whatever it was. It was sorry, not 2006, but whatever it was. But he scored, it was the old lands on road, scored a try and... Uh, It'll be 2006. Yeah, he was world champion in 07 and then obviously 2019. Yeah. Uh, he was only 19, so he made a joy. He actually played on the wing that day. The so. durability is incredible. Like to be playing at the top level of world of world class sport and still coming out and, and playing at that's very impressive. Yeah. 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 He scored a monster kick as well. 
just steps. What an asset He's to have. He's been doing that for yeah. <laughs> 15 just years. On and just kicking from 50 or 60 years. He was, 60 he was the first on. guy, really, we always said, like, long ago, like, and it's no offence to anyone else, to any 10s or 15s, but he was the first guy really come onto the game and go, this guy can kick from 65 metres. And then everyone's like, what the, What is this? It's insane. Yeah. yeah I remember in, in that World Cup 07, we played the semi-finals against him. And, and Montgomery was the kicker. And, oh, uh, one step. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, yeah I'm crazy. Unbelievable. And this guy was, we were warming up and, and kicking. I was kicking from our 40s. And I turned around and I had a springboard kicking the other side. I said, what are you doing, mate? Like, and he was nailing it the other way around, like 60 meter kicks, what? like in the wow. Stade de France. Pff, oh nailing God. it over. I said, Oof, well, we better don't give penalties yeah. here now. Yeah, but it was funny, like I'm kicking that way, warming up, kicking my side. He was kicking the other way, just beside me. Like, incredible, yeah, incredible. incredible. South yeah. Africa definitely had a really, really good game. But what do you think of Scotland? You know, they were bigging themselves up a lot before the match. There was a lot of talk in, in interviews, uh, especially from Stuart Hogg. You know, he did score his 23rd try. Yeah. But what do you think of uh, the performance from the Scottish team? I think it's unfair to say. I, think, I mean, they big themselves up. Like, they're obviously going to go into a game with, against South Africa with confidence, but... I do think they, they 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 put it to them. Like I mean, in the end, it was two world cast tries from Mbappé, a couple of good kicks from Pollard and stuff. There was a bit of gloss on the scoreline. A lot of those scores came late. So I think Scotland could be happy coming out of that game. They played well against the world champions. Yeah, you you could be happy, but you at the end of the day, if your expectation is to win, yeah, you know you you won't be happy. But yeah. I think where where you need to like as we said, like they are so good at what they do. And it's so predictable, but still they, they, you know, you need to, know, you know, that you're going to play South Africa, you need to win the aerials and going back to Stuart Hawk and there were a few aerials that he just missed them straight mm -hmm. away. A guy from his experience and so on, you know, like uh, you would expect him to, to, if you want to win those games, you need to take out the strength of their game so that you, you can, t you can make it a weakness, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's that's what happened at yep. the end of the day. It was three points, three points, and and they just got over the. They were so pragmatic and so clinical that uh, yeah, Scotland couldn't. They were inaccurate at at certain point as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. They were. But look, it's tough to beat the world champions. Like you know, that's why they are the world champions. Correct. But another game we had in the weekend was England Australia. Uh, England came out on top. It was thirty two fifteen. Another impressive performance. But before we even get into that, though, mm. the talking point is Eddie Jones won't go anywhere near Marco Vunapola. All the props are injured, and they still won't bring him in. I saw that, like when he when he when he brought up uh, Bevan, Bevan. We brought in Bevan Rod and brought in Watson to start. He's twenty one year old. Brought him in to start. Yeah. Like, so basically, it started off where Joe Marler got COVID, then Genge got COVID, and you're like, okay, come on, like I mean, you've got Joe Marler, or so you've got sorry, you've got Joe Marler out, and you've got Macavunapola sitting there, who's just started a test for the Lions, yeah. who is one of the best props in the world still. Did he, did he do something to him? I wonder, did something happen there? Strange. I don't know. I think Eddie, Eddie is, is, is a very good coach in, in playing mind games and, yeah. and also very intelligent on what, he, on what he does. You know, I don't know him really personally, Eddie, but uh, you could say that the teams he coach, he's, he's been good, you know, and, and uh, He's probably doing this for a reason. I don't know if he's maybe thinking on that 2023 yeah. World Cup and saying, okay, this could happen for us on 
in two years' time? Will Mako will still be ro rolling in two years' time? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Not the youngest, I, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, he 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 knows what he gets with Mako probably. Mm. He yeah. needs to see what he can get with the other one. You know, if he can get that. So maybe that's the reason why. But. You have to ask him, you know. Yeah. Only. <laughs> he always has his mind games, doesn't he? Yeah. He sent yeah. something yeah. to Marcus Smith uh, indirectly using um, Raducanu. Yeah, the, tennis pair. Yeah, we US were covering after the week. Yeah, what did he, you he, he paid back in his comments there right. afterwards, but still. Yeah. No, and he, he praised yeah. the, the Australian game, how they played against Scotland, and they lost. So <laughs> yeah. 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 he lost his mind games. Yeah. yeah, Nick White came saying, we know him, so no, we were <laughs> not going to get involved in that. <laughs> 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 Do you say he's quite a hard man to work for? They, they have calls. Yeah. of them, you know, emailing them at like five in the morning. This needs to be done by seven. And, you know, things like that. Yeah. But he, uh, Look, looking at the game himself, I suppose, um, Freddie Stewart had an absolute massive game, scored a great try. Eddie Jones said after the game that that's one of the best tries he's seen England score in a while. But the big thing was our first glimpse of seeing Marcus Smith at 10 and Farrell at 12. And I know even for that try, they kind of switch in and out who's first receiver. But yeah. What do you make of Marcus Smith as an up-and-coming 10? He's, he's got all the tools in the locker, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a very skillful player. Um, the big question was, is he up for that level and an international level is another, you know, it's, 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 it has to be composed and so on. And, and he's showing he's up for it. Definitely he's up for it. And the same thing with maybe George Ford. He knows what he can get of George Ford, who is having a really good season, yeah. who is playing really good rugby mm. and why he, he's not in the, in the, in the, in the team. You ask yourself why, and but maybe he knows what he can get from. Can he get something similar from Marcus Smith? That's probably what he's trying, and and you know, and and they are combining really well because that's that's been a a big um, bet on 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 the English uh, team from Eddie Jones playing with two playmakers, you know, yeah, um, and and having Owen Farrell move to twelve when probably he was one of the best out halves. Mm. in the world and he moved mm. him to 12 to play with with Ford and now finding this Marcus Smith getting in there it's you can see it works the combination for them with two playmakers but yeah. what do you make of it I mean it, it wasn't really a big thing back when you were playing it's only really come to the fore in the last five or six seven years this dual playmaker role I mean you kind of do the small bit at Leinster with, with Frawley and with, with whatever whoever else is playing 10 would you like have liked to play it in a dual or did you like back we, we used to we used to like even with Johnny always said he like says to Cheka you should have played me 10 and Felipe 12 like <laughs> <laughs> he's because he wanted uh, that 10 jersey <laughs> well no because that's the that I used to play a lot of, internationally I played 12 a lot because, oh, yes, of, I remember that, that, yeah. because of that dual we tried to do it this is very, the, the, the two playmakers is very Australian. The Australians, okay. they normally played with two playmakers since I have, like, remember with uh, Matt Guito and, and you always have uh, two playmakers, um, you know, so probably something, yeah, and, and I like it. I like it if you're going to play a very expansive game. If you're going to play a, a, a game line tracking and, and boshing game, mm. definitely just no. put yeah. two big lumps and you know to be massive centers yeah. but if not uh, I, I think it's 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 just take it's the pressure off you as a team because you know that okay i can do something here or i can crash it up or i can pass right kick and then next phase then he can start in a first receiver and he can be yeah, just comfortable yeah you, you need tens that can play uh on the game line because yeah. because if if you don't have if you're a 12 
um, as a playmaker and you're 10 plays 10 meters behind the game line, you know you're not the biggest guy in the field. Like, you'll be in, in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. But if he plays uh, just on, just really flat and then you can play flat with the 10 and the, the uh, second playmaker coming, uh, measuring the, the distance and the depth and, and playing flat again, uh, that's, that's a good combination. Yeah. yeah, I think we're one of the only teams in Ireland that really hasn't looked at it. We've no. never really looked at it. Like, uh, there is options there, I suppose, but I mean, you, no you could really put Carrie in at 12. You can kind of put him at 15 and have a... Dars used to do it. And, uh, and, yeah. and sometimes, say, if you, if you see Saris, uh, Saracens, uh, they do that double playmaker with a 15, yeah. with good. Um, yeah. They good used Farrell, to do it. Yeah. 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 So there are ways of doing like... Mm. It, Leinster did it with Carberry as Alan Sexton as well with the Jewel with yeah, 15 and exactly, 10. Yeah, exactly. So it's very obvious when you do it with, um, with uh, two 10s that play 110 and 112, but you can always use a, another player to be the second playmaker. Yeah. But it was back to the match. It was a great performance by England, but Australia were missing loads of people. Yeah. They were missing Will Genia, who you interviewed during the week, didn't you? Yeah. Quay Cooper, Samu Karevi, and Marika Korobedi. So they're Australia, top names they're that they're missing at names. the moment. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I, I remember watching that game, then go back and looking at the highlights. If I'm honest, I wasn't very impressed with England. Um, like Australia stayed in that game for much, for most part. So one stage, there was only 20 or 30 minutes left and they were only a point behind. They got a very lucky late try because of a fumble and a mistake and Sam Simmons runs up the pitch and uh, what's his name? The substitute so prop uh, comes on and yeah. comes on and soars. Uh, but uh, if I'm going to, if I'm England against South Africa next week, I if they play the way they played against Australia, they're not beating the world champions, I don't think. No. No. Did you think Australia were uh, weak Player-wise or performance was poor? What did you I think, think? I think they were, again, going like sort of like Scotland, very inaccurate. I was surprised like there were so many knock-ons. Like yeah. uh, in terms of players, I, I think Australia are getting a good crop of young players coming through. Mm. Um, very well coached, very team that is very well coached. I, I have loads of times for Rennie and, and Weissmantle and, yeah. and all the coaches. Very good, very well coached. So, um, I think I think there will be a very interesting team coming in two years' time in the World Cup. You know, Australia. They they are. You can see they are building into that World Cup and and having new faces down there. But they were inaccurate the other day, mm. yesterday, like uh, in 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 Twickenham. Um, going to England, I I'd say they'll approach different differently that they've approached this game against uh, South Africa. You yeah. have to approach it differently. You do, yeah. And they know probably they will be waiting for that game as well uh, yeah. for a while. I so, think so, after that final defeat, yeah, that's yeah, a game that yeah, they're going to yeah, be licking yeah. their lips. So now, yeah, playing at home against, um, that will be brought up, definitely. Yeah. 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 Looking forward um, to that one. Moving on uh, to just re result in there, the uh, France and Georgia game, 41-15. Uh, Good to see Georgia. They managed to grab two tries, um, 41 points, two tries apiece for Peno and uh, Moavaka. Um, France are looking in good shape ahead of next week. I mean, I mean, it's not often we see it, but we could see the All Blacks lose two games in a row. <laughs> or will they be frothing after the Ireland defeat? What do you think make of France? Are they capable of beating the All Blacks? Yeah, I think I think France, are, they've got very good uh, players, very good players, young it's yeah. very, it's a very young team, and that's the only thing that can play against them. That inexperienced, even if they are great players, they are still 
working there, the, making their steps in international rugby. Uh, well coached team, definitely with Galtier and and everyone down in that in that uh, with Sean Edwards and so on. Um, I think that there's there's something special for Francis, the team that most often beat the All Blacks. Mm. Or, yeah. You know, for the All Blacks, there's something um, they call it the Bête Noire, like the the black, uh, I, like the French. They call that they are the Bête Noire of 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 uh, of the All Blacks because um, I don't know why, but the All Blacks find it very difficult to beat the French teams. Yeah. So it will be a very interesting game. Now, from the French side, uh, I'd say it's the worst. Re- They've got the worst result this weekend because yeah. you don't want getting a, a, an All Blacks team that has just lost, yeah. you no. know. Uh, but it will be an interesting game. And, and I think it will be a good game to see what the All Blacks, what's the character of that this All Blacks team, you know, in terms of knowing that they're going against a team that they normally has some troubles to beat them, uh, coming from at the back of a defeat. Now there there will be pressure there for the Oblacks, so it, it's yeah. interesting game. Yeah, if they lose that game, like that kind of two games in a row, that aura of invincibility slowly starts to dissipate. Like, and they're yeah, kind of like it does. They're yeah. not quite the All Blacks going into this the, the, the latter end of this cycle. Mm. That's know? great yeah. for World Rugby is that they're not unbeatable anymore. Mm. People are they are starting to get beat on more on occasion, and it's not becoming weird anymore for them to lose, which is great for World Rugby. Yeah. But obviously, sad because you're like, oh, the All Blacks aren't like that invincible thing anymore. <laughs> yeah. you know, everyone loves the All Blacks. But um, I think we're on to try of the weekend now. Yes, yeah. um, try of the weekend that we touched on it a little bit earlier. Kaylin um, Doris scoring against New Zealand. That was, I think, your favourite try, Jason. I think, yeah, sure. We talked, we spoke about that. Like, I mean, you spoke about the angle yeah. you saw it as well coming in that line. Um, obviously, we've already spoken in about Stuart Hogg's try, his first try that we saw against South Africa. I think it was uh, Chris Harris in the corner that just manages. It starts, it starts off with Van der Bay, I think, and then it goes on to Chris Harris. He nearly goes into touch and manages to offload back inside. There's about five or six passes in this small, little, tiny, little narrow corridor that yeah. size. Excellent try from Scotland and really well to see the ball alive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the third one was uh, Manpipi's uh, second try against Scotland, which we spoke about already, which was Delande on the outward arc and didn't offload it to Manpipi. Three incredible tries. That offload is ridiculous. Yeah. They're yeah. ridiculous. I said, I, I hope to see that yeah. when he comes back. It's great hands by Manpipi as well. Um, what, what, what was your favourite try, Felipe? From those three? Yeah. Um, I'd say the, the, the Irish one. The Kay and Doris, but more so because of how you know how to break the, that defensive line and, and make that break and, and the way what you said of coming around, squaring up, and then being able to have that footwork to step, accelerate, and make uh, 20, 25 meters run yeah. to the line. You know, um, I would say that. Um, I think the other ones were like the the, the Scottish one. They he kind of. Came lucky, lucky at yeah. the end. In the end so yeah, it the, was great offload, good, good uh, to show and, and learn uh, how to offload in that five meter channel and so on, keep the ball alive. But the, he got lucky, but that's part of, of what you look for. And the Mampipi one was, uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, good to see South Africa throw the ball uh, from, from a turnover ball, like two long passes, and 
get it on why they don't do it that more often you know <laughs> yeah having yeah. the players it's, it's got, scary yeah. think they're capable yeah. of doing that as well no, yeah. as well as their original yeah, game yeah. so they can yeah. do what they want and it's like okay yeah. they can beat us any way they that's want to beat us yeah. physically but the <laughs> Scottish 12 had kind of slightly got out of the line as well yeah. and that's how Delandy got outside well, him yeah. do you know what I mean so it was I do still war class it's still incredible yeah. but for me that's going back to like that's why Caelan Darcy's try is so good because the line was set yeah, and he yeah, still found yeah. the gap. He came back in, which is so yeah. hard to do. Yeah. So that's yeah. my vote as well. But yeah, yeah, I think we're all in agreement to that. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the, the old jukebox contender. There's there's two there, and I think I, we obviously saw the James Lowe one. I don't know if he saw the second one, but in the Ireland match at one stage, uh, Boden Barra tries to go high on Ronan Keller, and he comes in along the wing, and Keller literally lifts him up that high into the sky and just... Get off me. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw that. Like, you might yeah. go back and see the clips. With a bone um, bar's tackle height, he came in upright. Like, what do you expect against Ronan Kelleher? Do you know what I mean? He just bashed him yeah. off. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you see that in training. Like, if you come in and try and tackle Ronan Kelleher, yeah, oh, you yeah. ain't going to win. No, no, you have to go low. Go <laughs> <laughs> low, definitely. Yeah. Do you think you've ever seen anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> I think, for context, though, I think James Lowe's was just incredible. After all the yeah. crap he's taken for his defense and the fact that if that ball got past, him, it was probably going to be in try in the corner. It's three, three on one, wasn't it? Three on one, and he had to come in because I think Peter Manny had missed the initial tackle, and yeah, Sevilla made the break, yeah. and then he passes it off to what's his name, Havili, and then he gets into Oani, and then he kind of exactly. has to make that read to come back in, and it's the way he makes the tackle as well. He mm -hmm. grabs on, holds it out, and rolls him over so that the man he can get in over the ball, mm. win the turnover, and then it, that was if you look at the game, that's probably the match-winning moment. Yeah. For oh, so that read, yeah. that read coming in and getting Oani. We're only up by three points. If they yeah. score, that's game over. Like, yeah. So it's just the context of that. I think it's incredible. And his, his, his uh, celebration afterwards. So good. That photo, like yeah. that photo is going to be on the front page of every newspaper, I think, for yeah. like, for yeah. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. I think that was the photo I led with across social media. And anything <laughs> I wrote and anything I use and anywhere yeah. you look, it's like, that's the photo that you leave it because yeah. as you said, there's so much context there. I mean, I mean like, have you spoken to, to Lowe yet? I'm sure you will when he comes back. Well, yeah. I mean, someone like he seems like such a nice character and such a nice guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a, I always say he's a, he's a, he's a character. Yeah. So, and, and very different to when you come into an Ireland setup, like Leinster is most of the players are from Ireland. Like, so, um, you know, it's because he's, I say from abroad, like, I think if he would have been Irish, he would have had so much stick by the boys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he's a character. You know? yeah. yeah. But I think he's a, he's a, it's one of those that you need, you know, in the, in, I think diversity is very good in, yeah. in the teams mm -hmm. um, and, and understanding and, and, and making sure that everyone understands each other and, and, and copes with the different personalities because he's definitely very different to a, a normal, Irish stereotype, you know, Yo, uh, rugby player. So um, that diversity that maybe in other teams, say if you play in France or you play in, in England, maybe not so much as France, but if you play in France, you see a lot of players coming from different parts of the world. And so that diversity is more evident. Mm. Uh, here it's not because you have more Irish. So he brings that part of diversity in, in our team, definitely. Thanks, Philippe. You've been a fantastic guest. It was absolutely fantastic to have yeah. you on. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's brilliant. And thanks very much, of course, to our sponsor, Bank of Ireland, who sponsored the four Irish provinces. And uh, we'll reconvene next week. I really enjoyed the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks guys. Thank Cheers. you very much. Joe presents House of Rugby, United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Yeah.